0: Yo, what's up? This is uh, the Dark Stream podcast.
1: Yep, rocking out here. We're on Streets of New Capena. This is the spoiler review.
0: Kind of. It's all hot takes. All
1: hot takes. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Knockout Blow. I actually love this card. Okay. It's sitting over here at two and a white instant, costs two less to cast if it targets a red creature, deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature, and you gain two life. This is a huge Knockout Blow two mono red as an archetype.
0: Is there anything that this is going to not kill? You know, like what, what has five toughness?
1: In red right now? Yeah. Uh, nothing that's seeing a lot of play. Like, the the red decks are on the kamanos. They're really just going aggro with the Phoenix route. Like, they're, they're not really playing a lot of upper-end curve creatures. So those hyper-red aggressive decks, this is a one-mana answer to everything while giving you two life
0: back. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. Pretty reasonable. Is this good enough to play against other things, though? That's the question, right? We do have a gold set, and I've seen a lot of really powerful stuff that's got, you know or toughness, or less, and costs four mana or more.
1: Here's the issue you're going to run into with this. It's competing with channel from a ganjo, which is uncounterable. The uh, ganjo coming out of the last set with the legendary land that just channels for two and a white, basically the same cost against anything non-red, and it's uncounterable. So are you, like, you're like you competing with a slot?
0: Sort of. The landslot's basically free unless your mana's tight.
1: Right, right. So I I could see a couple of these on the sideboard, but I think it's a spicy sideboard option that gets introduced here. But right next to it is the card that's uh, really going to make a lot of people question how to build a deck, which is Shadow of Mortality, sitting at 15 mana on the front end, potentially.
0: Right. This is like the fixed Death Shadow, maybe a little too fixed. What do you think? So it's a 7-7 for black, black, 13. And if your life total is less than your starting total, this costs x less to cast where X is the difference. So if you're at seven life, it's two black mana for a seven, seven.
1: Yep. I think this will be just fine in modern formats. Um, I like that LaRue doesn't mess with this. That's important.
0: Neither does fatal push.
1: Correct. Correct. So we have, you know, some interesting spice in the sense that you don't get the easy recursion of shadow and it's, a little bit harder to get out than shadow is like shadow just makes you go down to 13, like 12 life. Right. And then shadow comes out as a one, one and you just build it from there. And usually the way of building around it is just popping a fetch into play
0: untapped and then dumping a shadow in. This is so much worse though. Cause it, the least it can cost is to, it's always only going to be a seven, seven. Right. And if you're at nine life, this, I guess is okay. You know, that's four mana for a seven, seven,
1: but it's vanilla
0: right right which you know if if i was like a kid i'd be like no way four mana seven seven but yeah it's
1: yeah my guess is this is one that's gonna fall off pretty quickly i don't think it's good enough i don't think it's strong enough it doesn't break the rules we got to
0: be able to do something with that 15 mana cmc you know exile it to something that cares about or like you know maybe one of those red cards that's all about flopping the top card of your library and slamming damage to opponent for it or some shit like that
1: right right uh, the next one that's interesting here is in Demir, the Aven Heartstabber, sitting as a 1-1 flyer for blue-black. And as long as there are 5 or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, it gets plus 2, plus 2 in Death Touch. That's almost never going to happen, but when it happens, cool, you have a 3-3 Death Touch flyer. The more important thing is that you get a 1-1 flyer that replaces itself when it dies. Because when it dies, you mill 2 cards, then draw a card. So that's a really quick way to... Replace itself. It's you know, in in a world like alchemy, where you're dealing with nothing but straight two for ones all day, you look for essentials like this in any archetype is this where it's supposed to be
0: like a fixed Strix.
1: Yes. Yeah, it, it looks like this is a set with a lot of fixed cards that they saw from Eternal sets.
0: Yeah, I think this is more like the shadow of mortality fix. This is probably more playable because it's only two mana. Right. And it has a sort of threshold-ish ability with the graveyard stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got new threshold, right? But it, it doesn't have creature types that you care about. It's a bird assassin.
1: I care about it being a bird assassin. I think it's a nice metaphor for the pigeons that follow me everywhere I roam in the real life. You shouldn't kick them.
0: <laughs> but it's not a zombie. It's it's not a rogue. It's not a useful creature type unless this set is going to make these. But I, 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 this it, that's not the vibe I'm getting here.
1: No, I was hoping it'd be a vampire, frankly. That would have been a cool vampire, potentially, but uh, they did not go that route. So, again, this this has potential, but do I think it's broken? No. Nope. It might find a home as a two-drop slot in a deck that wants it.
0: Like what deck do you want it in right now anyway? Because here's the problem, right? Is it, it, it doesn't clock unless mm. you're really filling up uh, your graveyard with a bunch of mana values. But that means you need to have, you know, one, two, three, four, five mana costs and get them all in there. This is going to help you out by dying and milling some shit. And I guess your lands are going to count as zeros, sure. But you you got to go up the curve before in your deck list before this even kind of matters. And my concern is that it's a trap. A lot of yeah, a lot of squeeze for not a lot of juice here because it's not. It doesn't have death touch on its own. So now it's only a flyer swinging for one. It's not like it hits the opponent and you draw a card. You just got you got to do a lot of work for this to be. I mean, isn't there also like a, a, a lightning bolt, like a fixed lightning bolt in this set too?
1: Probably. We'll have to take a deeper dive. But so far we're looking at Shadow Mortality and Avon Heartstabber as fixed iterations of like staples in eternal formats, and the fixings are good because these are not probably playable. They're probably yeah. both tracks. My hot
0: take is they suck. <laughs> they uh, suck.
1: All right, let's see what else we have on the docket here.
0: They suck eggs if you're wondering what the subject is. <laughs> Obviously a bird assassin. What else would it be doing? <laughs> All right, we're scrolling up. There's some Boyd more interesting Rends. stuff Boyd here. Voidrend. Voidrend. Yeah, that's just a good card. So it's Esper mana, white, blue, black, instant. This spell can't be countered. Destroy target, non-land permanent. This is just fine, I think.
1: This is the best version of Esper Vindicate, so I'm good with this. I mean, this is going to have a home in a lot of control decks. It's I like that they made this finally because there have been so many instances where I've wanted exactly this in a control deck. Especially for control mirrors as they're going to happen. Like just having this prevents that uh, that scenario where you just play protect the walker. And I hate that so much in Constructed when somebody's like, here's Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, and 18 counterspells. And you're just sitting there like, come on, man. Like I love that this forces you to not rely on protect the queen strategies and control.
0: You can still protect the queen, you just have to do it without countering people's removal. It would have to be like, return it to your hand, or... Phase out, whatever. Make it hex-proof, so... It's it's good, it's good. Three mana is still a lot. Three mana across an arc is still a lot. This is not going to be an excellent card if you're in Esper and being pressured by a low-curve deck. No. But- it's going to be your whole turn to probably deal with something that's already bloodied you a bit
1: yeah you're, you're dealing with uh trying to handle very problematic two for ones by one for twoing yourself in many cases with this to get to make sure that you get the advantage back
0: i'm almost positive it'll see play i, I don't think this is going to be like a 4x even in the 75 though
1: no, no 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 not a 4x but i could definitely see a couple copies getting slotted in to deal with problematic shit that otherwise can't
0: be dealt with right this this is like this is a great sideboard card if you don't know what to put on your sideboard. So just if, if you have access to these colors, throw two of these on your sideboard. It's probably not wrong.
1: Uh, Fatal Grudge, the uncommon at black, red, Rakdos mana, is kind of interesting given all of the uh, Blood Artist decks that are roaming around right now.
0: Okay, let's read it because these are new cards. So it's black, red, sorcery, As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a non-land permanent each opponent chooses a permanent they control that shares a type with the sacrificed permanent and sacrifices it, draw cards. So this is sort of like, well, you, you draw cards, you're not two for one in yourself. It replaces itself. Yep. So it's, it's kind of like a, a one-off grave pact, but for whatever.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that's going to be very interesting for the mirrors on the Blood Artist decks where Orca, the anvils are a big deal. And potentially having sure. the ability to sacrifice a blood token to take out an anvil. Now, is that likely to happen necessarily? No, but uh,
0: I see this as a lot more likely to be deployed against other decks. I mean,
1: you think against aggro where you can <clears throat> blow up a volder and epicure? And right, take you're, down li- a you're troll. living the
0: dream if you're losing a token to to take out you know some kind of green creature, or you're you're losing a blood token to take out like an Asuka's chariot.
1: That's a fair point. That's, that's pretty sick.
0: Point. And also this is a Rakdos card that can answer enchantments.
1: That is something that's needed to happen for a minute.
0: I mean, we've got that already in the Black Invoke. Right. But that's that's five mana. This is this is really easy to cast and although you'll have to play enchantments
1: yourself in order to make it pop.
0: Sure, sure. But there's a ton of enchantment creatures, right? There's like the Kiki Jiki enchantment. Right And right, uh, yeah, a variety of enchantment creatures. It's pretty easy to get that going, just incidentally, because those cards from the last set are pretty good.
1: I think we're going to see one or two copies of this in the Anvil sideboards. I don't know that it's going to go in the m- red-black mid because you're not really getting the value off the free stuff to make that worthwhile. Like you don't want to time walk yourself making them sacrifice something.
0: Right, right. I mean, both your cards are kind of bad in the mirror match. And this being a sacrifice thing there's a lot of ways for them to get around it. Now you're just trading a token for a token. And wh- why'd you spend two mana to do that?
1: Right. But in the anvil sideboard, I could see two copies of that coming in for uh, a number of decks that it needs, especially like mono green aggro where you're like, Oh crap. Like they have snakeskin veils. They've got Tamio safekeeping. This gets around all of that. And you blow up one of your tokens or epicures and take down an old growth troll.
0: I do like this as a way to get around protection spells and to switch up the removal this is powerful enough in the right metagame i could see this being a four of but that's a metagame that would adjust really quickly to account for it but i i like this as a as a way to mix up the removal and if you're you know building your deck shrewdly mm-hmm. be able to to put opponents in a difficult position for how they want to try and Dodge or play around your removal since there's a a good volume of high quality stuff and it's kind of hard to know what's in hand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, How do you feel about the Ginny Faye Jetmere Second? That is. All
0: right. Let's take a peek. So that's hybrid
1: for. Gruul and Selesnia and green. So we're right. talking three mana total, but it can be green, 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 or green, green, white, or red, green, green, or but red, green, white. you are paying green
0: mana for this.
1: Yes. No matter what, you're paying green mana, but it can be a triple green spell. And it's an elf that can be a triple green.
0: So it's elf druid, three, three. And it's, if you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 two, two cat creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 green dog creature tokens with vigilance.
1: I could see a copy of this going into the Alchemy Elves list because you have the Warmasters that are just cranking out tokens that are elves that are 1-1s. And it's it's interesting to have that scenario where you're going to have multiple tokens coming out off of these Warmasters and the Tyvars, and instead you're just like, hey, 2-2 Hasters.
0: Sure, but then they're not going to be elves. They're going to be cats or dogs. 3-1 vigilance is not
1: good. That's the problem is you're getting not the right creature type out of it. But at the same time, if you can field an army, you can field an army. So it's it's interesting. I could see a copy going into that. I don't know where else it would go. I'm sure there's a tokens list that would love this. But the problem is that tokens list is probably going to be very dependent upon it, like a raise the alarm kind of list, you know?
0: I actually see this as being a commander. Oh, yeah. You know, with the, the last few sets, they've been making cats and dogs card types, and they've been giving them lords and this is kind of like a cat dog lord it puts you in naya Mm. and there i think there was like a commander deck that was selesnia that was cat based Mm. that was really popular i I don't know it was a while ago i've definitely seen the cards for it I, i don't think this is gonna see play outside of commander though fair enough fair enough let's let's scroll
1: up a little bit more and see what else we got here um
0: i remember all right tainted indulgence instant blue black Draw two cards, then discard a card unless there are five or more mana value among or mana value among the cards in your graveyard. So it's the same as that sort of bad Strix thing we were talking about, except that this digs, you know,
1: it Th- digs. Yeah,
0: this this is gonna get you two cards deeper. It's a net zero, so it's like a bad impulse to start out. But it's going to put itself in the Graveyard, so that's a two-mana, and then you can dump something else, presumably a different mana cost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think? I mean, in the, in the early game, this is going to help you find that land you need or the removal spell you need, dump the extra land, dump the extra whatever, especially control decks where you have the, I'm drawing the wrong half of my deck. Now keep in mind, it's, it's not discard one of the two, it's you draw two and then discard a card from your hand
1: right right um i'll think i think of it this way anything that is older than standard isn't going to want this because they have painful bond and painful bond is almost exclusively better as a dry engine oh i'm looking at this for standard for standard i could see it potentially um it, it needs to find a home in a deck that wants to do a lot more with a graveyard which to me is the right kind of color scheme for that so
0: right and this isn't the first time we've seen that five or more mana values among so there's there's clearly some setup for this. Yeah, they're they're pushing that setup. I could totally see that. I'm I'm really intrigued at, at this though for the, sort of the solution to your mid-range problem right. or many times right. your control problem of whoops, I drew the wrong half of my deck. This lets you dig to the pieces you need and discard that wrong half of the deck you're drawing, but I really love it because later in the game it's just two for one. True. True.
1: It does have some spice for the later game, as long as the graveyards aren't hit hard, which we'll have to see how the meta develops for whether or not that's a problem.
0: I mean, how many standards have we played four mana draw twos at instant speed? Like a a ton. True. A ton, almost every time. And sometimes they have an upside, sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes it's that, you know, scry or some version of scry to do some selection, but costing two less and the selection taking place in your hand, I think that's really powerful. I could
1: see this making... Best card ever. That's my hot take. We're moving on.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Some foreign... All right. Unlicensed Hearse. The the name caught me. Let's talk about this. (laughs) So this is uh, Artifact Vehicle 2 Mana. It's star-star cruise for two. Its abilities include tap exile up to two target cards from a single graveyard... And then its power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards exiled with it.
1: I love this card. I love this card. There is a uh, blue-white vehicles deck that has been needing just a few more cards to make it viable. This is a big deal because prior to this, uh, that deck had no really excellent two-drops, and it also had no way to interact with graveyards. This does both, and it crews for two. If it crewed for one, I'd be absolutely over the moon, but two is still respectable and fine. I think this plus the Reckoner Bankbuster that goes into that list gets you eight two-drops that are relevant right now.
0: All I got in my thinking for this is that's definitely going in my cube. Oh, yeah. Like, no question, that's going in the cube. Oh, yeah, spicy. What to do with it in constructed formats? Yeah, it's it's if you've got graveyard targets, if you've got the, the things that this wants... This is going to make some for cheap some cheap creatures and cards you want to get out of your opponent's graveyard and we're seeing that in Alchemy if not standard.
1: We're we're going to see some well I mean in standard the leer decks are still running around because leer isn't modified like it is in Alchemy and it isn't banned so it's still just running around unchecked. This checks it pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a nightmare for that kind of a control deck.
1: Yeah, you just sit there and they can't kill it easily unless they have a blow up an artifact thing. But as long as you diversify your threat base, all of a sudden that's a big problem. And later in the game, you just crew it and run them over.
0: At least, I, at least I hope it's going to be a nightmare for those days. <laughs> right? The standard has been bad for a long time. It's I'm, I'm glad to see some interesting stuff like this.
1: Unleash the inferno. Unleash Love. the
0: inferno. Okay, so this is one black, red, <clears throat> green. So jund and one instant it deals seven damage to target creature Planeswalker. When it deals excess damage this way, destroy target artifact or enchantment an opponent controls with mana value less than or equal to the amount of excess damage. That's a really long sentence.
1: Guess who's playing four of these in Rakdos slash Jund mid in Alchemy? This guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll just play Jund and this looks powerful. And there's definitely targets. There's definitely... Low curve enchantments and artifacts to be destroyed.
1: This is about blowing up Sanguine Brushstroke with a one for one for me, because this does that. It kills Blood Artist and the extra kills the Brushstroke, and now you don't have that huge disadvantage in the Anvil matchup that you've had forever. Yeah, so I'm on board for this hundred percent. Slotting four copies in. This There's is also a just a removal.
0: classic jund card. Yeah, that just solves solves your problems
1: and also of note, it one for one's Tibalt. <laughs>
0: Oh, shit, you're right.
1: And you need that in the mirror because everybody's going on the Valky meta right now. Okay, yeah, like, so
0: you get to just Merc Tybalt.
1: Like, yeah, they're going to get their plus, and they're going to get one card off the, your top, one card off their top, but then you just one for one with the Unleash, and that's all the advantage they got.
0: Yeah, sort of. I mean, they
1: a so three for one, they but did, it's They random. did three
0: for one, you, and for only three more mana. But yeah, you got to get rid of Tybalt. Tybalt will kill you. You need answers to Tibby's. Okay, we got another Arc card here. This is Obscura Interceptor. Mm. So one white, blue, black. That's Esper plus one. It is a creature Cephalid Wizard, mm-hmm. three one flash life link. When it enters the battlefield, it connives. I don't know what that means. We gotta look up connives. All right, when it connives this way, return up to one target spell to its owner's hand. So it's connive. All right, what the. If I click on it, we'll get some reminder text. Oh, okay, yeah. To have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card. Put a plus one plus one counter on that creature for each non-land card discarded. Okay. So it loots, and if you loot away a non-land, it gets a plus one, one counter.
1: And then bounces. So it's a vencer. Because it bounces the spell back.
0: Oh, true, true. So yeah, if if it's a cool card that you connived. Um, and I guess if you're hell bent and it has to go to the bin, it's coming back to your hand. If it's a spell.
1: Well, I mean, something else is going back. Like you're using this to vencer their shit back to their hand, right? Or you just flash it in with their spell on the stack, just like you would with Vencer, the two blue, blue vencer. Sure. And you connive. And regardless of what you connive, you still get to bounce it. And if you connive a non land, you also make it a four, two flash lifelinker.
0: Yeah, this is powerful.
1: Very powerful. Love this. Love this card. Uh, Let's go to Shakedown Heavy, though. That's a 6-4 for 3 mana with Menace. This is a weird
0: one. I can't tell
1: if this is a trap or
0: not. All right, so we're talking about a Black and 2 for an Ogre Warrior. Mm -hmm. Menace, whenever Shakedown Heavy attacks, defending player may have you draw a card. If they do, untap Shakedown Heavy and remove it from combat yikes
1: i'm kind of okay with this in a lot of scenarios like this to me is great not for aggro this is great for control because it's sitting there as a six four to trade with all their creatures and if you play against the control mirror you smack it and you'd rather have the card advantage anyway most of the time you know but again this is this is also still in the uh punisher mechanic right
0: sure so yeah, okay. I, I like it in a deck where you want it to block. Right. And then eventually, you know, if you're a control deck, you should probably try and win the game. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose this can... This will never do the last damage, though, because they'll always have you draw a card before you die. Yep. So there's that. Like, if if this is your win mechanism and your only win mechanism, you are not going to win.
1: No, 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 you win with lands, like a real control player. You just use that to get ahead. That's that's the point of the shakedown heavy, is to block early on and get ahead later.
0: It As a 6-4 for three mana, I do like it as passing kind of the Tarmogoyf removal spell test of this sort of doom blades a lot of their creatures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if this is blocking, I'm I'm open to the idea, but I'm kind of curious if we can't do better for three mana because three mana gets us a lot these days.
1: Let's just remember that, like, Eight years ago, this would have been considered the most busted creature printed.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like that's true of almost half the creatures in all these sets. <laughs> the, the game just ain't what it used to be.
1: Yeah, it's it's wild now.
0: Whoa, shit! All right, I scrolled up and I'm seeing seeing era incandescent aria. Yeah. So that's uh, sorcery for red, green, white, naya colors incandescent aria deals three damage to each non-token creature that's really interesting
1: the token wrath is finally here baby we finally have the answer for a token deck against non-token decks
0: and we've had token wraths before but i seem to recall them being simultaneously more expensive to cast like four mana and then doing like two damage or minus two two or something like that I, i haven't seen one quite this good before
1: yeah, this one seems strong. This is a good nod to the token decks and the archetypes. I don't know if there's enough uh, token love to make this worthwhile, but it's an interesting it slots tool, in. Though it, it
0: slots in if there is, right? Right, but it also has to be good against the format. Like, right. w- if you're playing a token deck and three mana wipes out your opponent's creatures, like, what are they running? Are they running like if, I, okay, vampires? This probably cleans up pretty well,
1: except for the blood valve purveyors and rocking.
0: sure sure if if you're playing those but my my point is though i mean this is good against i'm a go wide deck you're a go wide deck but you're not going wide with tokens and you're also not going wide with things that have four toughness or more Mm. you know rolling this against the mono green deck would not be awesome
1: sure sure sure
0: so Scrolling up a little bit, I see still in the Naya colors, we've got Fleet Foot Dancer, which is one red, green, white, four, four, elf, druid. Trample, lifelink, haste. This kind of reminds me of um now I can't remember the name of the card. The the red, white, and blue angel. Lightning angel? Lightning
1: angel, yeah. It's just keyword, keyword, keyword. Good stuff. Good mana.
0: How do you feel about these keywords? Trample, lifelink, haste. Haste is probably my favorite keyword. Yeah,
1: I like getting the damage in. Lifelink is relevant. Um, the trample is only relevant because the flying isn't there. You know what I mean?
0: So we got a little piece of evasion. This is, I guess I guess you see it through rose-colored glasses, and it's a eight-point swing if it just comes down and connects. Yeah. Which is pretty solid, I guess, without any context i i think like lightning angel though context will drive the value of this card yeah
1: i mean lightning angel when it was at its peak and found its home, it was in that fire main angels weirding list way back when that was the peak lightning angel deck if i remember correctly yes and after that it didn't really matter so if it finds a home my guess for this card is it finds a narrow one for a specific amount of time and when that changes it's done
0: I think just like Lightning Angel though, this is gonna be a casual favorite forever.
1: Yeah. This is gonna get slotted into cubes and shit.
0: This is something I gotta point out though, and I'm gonna to have to point this out with every single one of these creatures that's red, is that removal spell we talked about in the first place, what was it called? It was Void uh, Rent. <clears throat> knockout blow. Oh, knockout blow. Yeah. Knockout blow kills this for one mana and then you're gives, gonna gain two life. <laughs>
1: and gives two life on the back end. Yeah, that's right. quite so, something.
0: All opponent has to do against fleet foot dancers have a white back. And of course, if this is a good card, you're in white. So you have access to knockout blow and right. Right. It's more like a knockout blowout. <laughs> right. It's like, say it's my turn five or turn four and I have access to five mana. And, and I, I drop my fleet foot dancer and I, I get like footloose up in your face and it comes back to you and you're going to smack me back and try and like do the siege rhino exchange of now you know you lose the life and i gain it but i uh, 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 i have one white mana up and fuck you
1: <laughs> i mean knockout blow kills it which also means a ganjo castle kills it and that's worth considering because ganjo castle is in any deck that plays white as a one to three of sure so that sure, also but is it, a big it doesn't kill it quite as cheaply as no, one mana. no it doesn't and with the two life i mean
0: Wow, that hurts. But
1: it's guaranteed to be in those decks, is what I mean. Knockout Blow may or may not be, but Iganjo Castle isn't anything that's running white and can pretty afford much.
0: it. Pretty much. All right, what else is interesting here?
1: Um, Let's take a peek over at... Oh, the Rocco Cabaret Caterer is actually pretty fascinating. Um, Mostly I'm fascinated with the fact that you can pay... Okay, so it's X and then Naya, green, red, white a 3-1 elf druid so they love some elves in this set which i'm they noticing druids yeah uh and when you cast it you may search your library for a creature card with mana value x or less and put it onto the battlefield then shuffle what i like about this is actually for older formats where x can be zero and
0: relevant what are you thinking
1: i'm not entirely certain on this but like off the top of my head because i remember this deck back in the day kobolds
0: gross <laughs> <laughs> first thing i thought was Death shadow
1: Oh, yeah, for four mana, you shadow.
0: For four, I mean, or, you know, for five mana, I guess it could get a, a Tarmogoyf. Is, let's see here. Is um, What's that 3-3 three, three for one that was banned at one point? The cat, Wild Nakadal? Is that still banned? No, I think In it's, modern it's, and shit? I feel like it's around again. I don't know. If if Wild Nakadal is good enough, this is maybe good enough?
1: Different kind of deck. This grinds. This is more like a weird pod card. You know what I mean? Not an aggro card.
0: Yeah, kind of, sort of.
1: So I could see this as a mid-range, like in a mid-range Naya build.
0: You pod into it and get a Memnite and then use that to <laughs> pod into a wild Nakadal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. It's got potential, though. Like, I don't know how to break it, but it's got potential. It's interesting.
0: Right. Have you seen anything yet? I haven't seen really much from this set. I, I we're, we're going through Scryfall. Right now, just just kinda running hot takes on it. Um have you seen anything that looks busted or I know
1: dangerous? I, I know there are some cards. Um I haven't looked up the combo. I just saw one quick tweet about how Hellraiser Demon went from a dollar to eighteen dollars in one day and Eater of Days also went from a dollar to nine dollars today. What the fuck are those cards? Those are terrible cards uh for Eternal and Commander players that are considered awful but there's apparently some infinite loop off of this new set and I have not uh, taken a strong enough stab at it to figure out what that infinite loop is. Yet. I already don't care.
0: I already don't <laughs> care. No, no, dude, like this happened with Strixhaven and there was some stupid fucking discard card that comboed with uh, like Liliana and it comboed with the Golgari Guild Mage or whatever the fuck they called it in Strixhaven when they were renaming the guilds. right? And it did like infinite drain and that crappy uncommon cost a bunch of mana. And maybe it maybe it's tearing it up in some eternal format that no one plays.
1: Yeah, cute combos usually make for price hikes and not much else. Let's go down a little bit here. The this. lesson
0: here is, is keep your bulk.
1: I'm curious about the Errant Street Artist. I've not seen that one yet.
0: Okay, it's, we're looking at like a crazy card too. It's, it's some wild alternate art, which I dig. Other people don't, but fuck you. <laughs> I respect your opinions, except that I don't care. It's one blue, legendary creature, human rogue, zero three, flash, defender, haste, blue and one tap, copy target spell you control that wasn't cast. You may choose new targets for that copy. What are we doing with this?
1: Off the top of my head, um, this would be a way to double down on Magma Opus. If you're doing Mizzium, uh, whatever the whatever it does, that four mana Mizzium that flips it out of the grave so you don't have to pay for it.
0: Yeah, but don't you still cast it from your graveyard? Cast it without paying its mana cost?
1: Good point. Right? Um, like,
0: isn't this just copying copies?
1: Yeah. Because even
0: something coming in off suspend is cast.
1: So we're... Okay, so this is a, probably just a straight up trap then.
0: It's like a copy of a copy.
1: Okay, so hot take: this is a fucking trap.
0: Okay, yeah, get. It looks cool though. It does. It looks cool. It look. It has so much text, and I think ultimately all its text means nothing.
1: Check out the Vivian on the Hunt. It's got a million things, oh, and God. I can barely Every read. Every single
0: card in this set is a.
1: But this has birthing pod on a walker.
0: All right, so Vivian on the Hunt is four green green legendary planeswalker Vivian for loyalty. Plus two, sacrifice a creature. If you do, you search your library for its pod. Okay, plus two, birthing pod. Plus one, mill five cards. Put any number of creature cards milled this way into your hand. That's pretty good. And that's a plus one. And minus one is create a 4-4 green rhino warrior creature token.
1: I like this card. They made a six-mana pod on a walker. I think that's spicy.
0: This does a lot of stuff.
1: It does a lot of stuff. I don't know that this is going to be like pod where you shuffle four of them in, but I think this is one where a mid-range aggro-esque deck can be like, okay, we're putting two of these in the sideboard.
0: I can guarantee that this will see play because I am going to play it. (laughs) I make no guarantees on whether it wins. Right. I mean, it's good. It's Oh, God, six mana. So many things cost six mana. You know what costs five mana is, is this dragon that makes treasure. I hear that's okay.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: And it kills this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There is that. Okay. Uh, looking for the last few hot takes here before we're done. Are there any other cards? There's
0: a card called Corpse Appraiser, which i I don't know if it's going to be a good card, but I love the name of it. So let's go. This is blue, black, red, so Grixis for a creature, vampire, rogue, 3-3, three, three, and here comes a wall of text. Ooh, it's good. When Corpse Appraiser enters the battlefield, exile up to one target creature card from a graveyard. If a creature is put into exile this way, look at the top three cards of your library, then put one of those cards into your hand. And the rest into your graveyard. Okay. So at ETBs, it has to exile a creature card. Can be from anywhere. And once we check that box, we are impulsing for three, kind of. Or surveilling for three, right?
1: Well, surveil doesn't of, put one in your hand. Yeah,
0: yeah okay. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come up with a way to reduce Th- this Th- heuristically.
1: It's the closest I can get to is like a compulsive research or thirst effect. Sure. You're essentially, you're as close as I can get to is like, you're drawing three and discarding two.
0: Kind of, except it
1: doesn't go to your hand. Right. So it's, it's sort of like, it's its own thing. Yeah. (laughs) Great. All right. Whatever.
0: It's a lot of text, but it does look pretty good.
1: It's got a solid value engine on it. It deals with graveyards in a way that I love while filling yours. And it's got two very relevant creature types being a vampire and a rogue.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's also playing nicely with those other cards we were looking at that care about five different mana values in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're in a mirror match situation, this is going to be cool. It's screwing up your opponent. You know, if they've got like Vivian on the hunt or whatever, a six mana thing.
1: Yeah. And
0: those presumably will be rarer in graveyards to get rid of that and mess with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to drafting this set already.
1: Yeah, the draft on this is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Okay, let's let's pick a couple more real quick. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. What else do we need to have a hot take about?
0: Trying to find something that doesn't have an entire book of text on it.
1: But... <laughs> Good oh, on.
0: boy. This, this set is not as bad as Strixhaven for that, but this... But still... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot okay oh we got a planeswalker let's let's
1: check out elspeth
0: elspeth resplendent uh white white three legendary planeswalker elspeth five mana plus one choose up to one target creature put a plus one one counter on it and a counter from among flying first strike lifelink or vigilance on it all right already a mess <laughs> I already never want to play this in paper. It's right? already an arena-only card for me. I fucking hate this. Like counters for flying first strike. How the fuck am I supposed to keep track of this shit?
1: It's too many counters. Man. Except
0: with a computer. Yeah. See, like in the cube, I just don't fuck with the the other counters off of this. Yeah. This is my hot take already is. I I love this card on arena and hate it everywhere else. <laughs> Minus three. <laughs> Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a permanent. With mana value of three or less from among those cards onto the battlefield with a shield counter. I don't know what that is.
1: I do. I do. It's, so, a shield counter is if it would be destroyed in any way, you just remove the shield counter.
0: So, it's a regeneration shield. Yes. Lol. K. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad regeneration's back. In the dumbest way possible. You know, it's not the dumbest way possible because nobody ever understood what it did. I'm guessing if the shield counter, if if it gets killed in combat, right? You remove the shield counter. Yep. Do you tap it and remove it from combat like regeneration?
1: I don't know on that front. I need to check it. God, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, so it lets you flip something out from the graveyard. It gives you... Or from the library, Yeah. Sorry. It,
0: it, look at the top seven and it's like half of a cocoa. Half a cocoa with a shield counter. So it, I don't know. It's probably decent. A decent value on five. Yeah. At minus seven, create five, three, three white angel creature tokens with flying. It's
1: so army. Right, a can.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. If, if you get there, you should probably be able to win with that as long as you don't get raft.
1: Yeah. And you can do that on the third tick, which is not too shabby. I don't know. This looks good. It looks good. Nothing broken about this one, and I'm happy to see that in Planeswalkers.
0: The minus three, I kind of dig instead of, you know, like for so long, it was like the minus ability on a five mana walker either made a creature or killed a creature. Yeah. And this is just more interesting.
1: Getting a permanent is far more interesting.
0: Yeah. So maybe it's a creature that can protect it. You know, it's got a shield instead of regeneration. Maybe it's just an artifact. Who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's another Planeswalker. Right? You could
1: minus minus 3 of this to get a Teferi in older formats. That 3 mana Teferi.
0: Or I guess that that Oof. uh Ninja Planeswalker.
1: Oh, Kaido, shizuki Yeah, sure. Yeah, this getting other walkers is pretty hot actually. You could chain walkers together. I could I could see that being a fucking thing.
0: And actually cuz doesn't 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 Kaido make unblockable one-ones? Yes. So it seems like they could, they, could ben- they could benefit from, you know, plus 1-1 one, one counters. Lifelink. And lifelink counters. Also yeah.
1: super funny uh, because Kaida would have a shield counter and it would phase out. So talk about the hardest to kill Planeswalker ever. True. You'd have two turns basically on it no matter what. They, they'd have no way to deal with it. And in the meantime, you're drawing an army of cards. Yeah, for Esper, this could be a really spicy number.
0: I like it. Except for actually playing it <laughs> in paper anyway if the computer does it for me i'm in
1: all right so there's two other cards that need to be addressed at a minimum your right. the heretic praetor is worth addressing it's right, one of the hot about it one of the hot new mythics it's <coughs> three red red for a four four with haste it's a legendary fabrication praetor and at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of your library you may play it this turn at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep The next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile the top card of that library, they may play it this turn. So, I love it. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's spicy. So you're going to get your easy two-for-ones on your upkeep, right? Because you get one off the top, and then you get to draw. That's a nice two-for-one every turn until they kill it. It's easily killable at 4-4. Molten Impact will do the trick.
0: Or that one-mana card that we started talking about, the knockout. As long as they attack with it. It's a haste creature. Why the fuck wouldn't you? You're in red. <laughs> if, you, if you're playing a five-mana red haste creature and not attacking, you might be making the correct call in the game, but you have lost my respect.
1: <laughs> uh, but more importantly, this the second part where you, you play it, you dump it down, you swing for four, you pass it to their turn, they haven't killed it. Now in their upkeep, Uh, counterspell decks really don't like this.
0: Yeah, if they're if they're trying to interact on the stack and do it on your turn, this this can really mess people up. If they're, you know, just some chunky mono green deck, that's they're gonna be fine,
1: unless they draw the upper end of their curve too soon. Sure, but yeah, we're but, on turn five, presumably, so that's not really the case. Yeah. Probably this
0: this has the potential to screw the opponent over on their first draw.
1: It it also just changes the way they're gonna have to sequence spells, even if they are a chunky mono green deck. Because whatever they draw, they have to play that.
0: Right, if it's that. Fucking snow removal, snow fight card. Having to do that during upkeep instead of some other point in the turn might suck. Well, you don't. Or, have I to guess do draw step or whatever.
1: Right, they don't have to. They can do it at any point during the turn.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. I should continue reading. I'm failing the <laughs> reading comprehension <laughs> test. That is Streets of Capana. <laughs> streets of New Capana. My bad. But was there an old Capana?
1: Did I miss that shit? I, you, you know, yeah. Is,
0: is it is it just called Amsterdam? <laughs>
1: I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I like this I like this card, but I think it sucks actually. Because it's it's not goldspan dragon.
1: Yeah. If it, it fails the gold span test, that's for it's, sure. It's
0: also not the werewolf that's not as good as goldspan dragon, but sometimes he's play anyway.
1: Oh, the reckless arsonist.
0: Right, because that does shit like right now. Yeah. Right now. You have to untap with this, or maybe you cast it and you haven't made your land drop. And the top card of your library is, oh, no, it's the beginning of your upkeep. So you do have to untap with it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not in.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's 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 pop out of this and go to the Obnixilus Planeswalker because that's definitely the spiciest number coming Ob-Nixilis. out of
0: this set. And we're looking at this crazy Art Deco version. Uh-huh. Another reading comprehension test. Oh, yes. Obnixilus, the adversary, one black, red, legendary Planeswalker, Nixilus. Starts with static ability. Casualty X. The copy isn't legendary and has starting loyalty X. (coughs) So this is already nonsense. (laughs) In parens, it says, As you cast the spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power X. When you do, copy the spell and you may choose new targets for the copy. So if you sacrifice a creature with power 2, you get a non-legendary Obnixilis the adversary with two loyalty. Am I interpreting that correctly? Yes. I love the confidence there. This is going to be wonderful at tournaments. (laughs) Plus one. Each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Looks pretty good. Minus two. Create a one-one red devil Creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Pretty standard devilry. Mm-hmm. Minus seven target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. So it uh, Yeah, summons Gristlebrand for a minute. And he's wearing a suit in this. You know, he's like a gangster demon. So I'm down for that. I'm down for the three-mana walker. This is a lot of text.
1: here. Let's, let's look at one of the better scenarios you can have with this. Your two-drop has, let's say, two or three power. It sticks. Turn three, you play up Nixilis. You sack the two drop. You make sure it has some value on the sack. Now you've got two up Nixilis. The first one goes minus two, gives you a devil. The second one goes plus one. You gain two life. They, they probably lose two life. I doubt they're discarding a card that early in the game. And you've got two walkers sitting with a devil. That's pretty insane yeah, in terms of value.
0: Definitely a good marginal value machine. The sacrifice ability, there's a lot of reasons to be doing that in Rakdos right now. And those are tier one reasons. Yep. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's a good card. It's like the anvil probably going to see a lot of play.
1: The anvil deck is like jizzing its pants looking at this because it'll sack the bloodthirsty adversary after getting the blood token and get two copies of this on turn three and go absolutely fucking bonkers with it.
0: Yeah, I, I can see a lot of pants ranching over this one.
1: Yeah. If you like playing red, black anvil, I mean, first of all, fuck you because you cost me my shot at the pro tour. But... Uh,
0: You're probably a cat oven player.
1: <laughs> yeah probably (laughs) but also this i I respect
0: and disrespect you for your patience
1: (laughs) if you like clicking that many times enjoy carpal tunnel
0: (laughs) i guess yeah at a certain point i'm just going to go to the bathroom it's not even salt roping i just have better shit to do (laughs) all right we want to talk about anything else or are we going to sign off
1: i mean there's there's other stuff we could address but i'm good signing off for now i I want to
0: see if there's a spicy jund card to go out on uh, there is a
1: two mana. If you go down a little bit, um, there's a two mana one one right there.
0: That's a green card. That's not a jund card. Come on,
1: it's jundish. It's in green.
0: No, jund is jund. Oh, jund is jund.
1: <laughs> then I don't think there's an additional one at this point. Oh, come on. I mean, we we can look. We can look. Come on. Doing a little scroll come action on. here.
0: Oh wait 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 wait. All right, this isn't That's jund. That's but- you fool. It, it caught my attention because it's a black market tycoon and it's a cat tycoon. Uh-huh. So that's fine. We can end with this. This is already awesome. It's red green <laughs> again called black market tycoon and it's a cat in a fucking suit. Cat
1: rogue, baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like a, a really, really 90s looking suit. <laughs> Counting fucking gold. 2-2 two, two, at the beginning of your upkeep, black market tycoon, also a black cat sick, deals two damage to you. For each treasure token you control, and it taps to make a treasure token. Interesting.
1: Interesting ramping. Um, I don't know what home it's gonna find, but commander players are bound to love this one.
0: This this actually so it's kind of interesting in that we can deploy it on turn two, and then on the next turn, we make a tre we tap it, and make a treasure token, we accelerate to four which is a good acceleration place. And there's a lot of really good 4-drops that we've been seeing here. Yeah. And making any mana is a big deal. So it, this isn't that different from other 2-mana accelerators, except the ability to kind of be like, uh, you know, store it up and accelerate maybe next turn to 6 instead.
1: As long as you're willing to take the damage hit. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good card or not, but it looks awesome, and...
1: I love the flavor. The flavor uh, yeah. is spicy. Yeah.
0: So, super cool card. I guess I guess this is the end, my friends. The end of the inaugural podcast from the Dark Stream. Are we using real names on this? Up to you. All right, anyway, I'm Darth Camgentace and this is this is Darth Rictus here with me.
1: Holla holla. Let's do that outro. And
0: those are our real names. <laughs> Goodbye until next time. <laughs>